Not long ago, there were only three television channels, and the cheaply made family man comedy was king. Turning the dial would only give you another glimpse into a suburban nuclear family with a breadwinner husband, a stay-at-home wife, and the occasional talking horse. That is, until 1964, when one show dared to take a glimpse into the lives of terrible monsters that lived next door. The Monsters premiered that September, and, well, America has yet to recover. The Monster Hunter shuns the millions of hours of original shows that are available at the press of a button to take a look back at a 60-year-old comedy about a Frankenstein monster and his grotesque family. He, he reaches down, he just grabs her by the butt and lifts her up. Yep. Yeah. Instead of opening the window... He punches through the window, which, I mean, this is your damn window, man. By the way, he's trying to catch uh, the raven out of the the clock. Oh, is that yeah. what he's doing to feed the cat? Yeah. yeah. I was very disinterested, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the Monster Hunters, available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, greetings, and good day. My name is Keith Gala, and welcome to That Was Great, wasn't it? Each week, I'll be joined by my friends, both old and new, to reminisce on our youth via nostalgic power of Saturday morning cartoons. We'll be revisiting shows from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Some are classics, some are classical air quotes, but all will have us pondering the same philosophical conundrum. That was great, wasn't it? Welcome to Series 1.5, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. BTMM was part of Super Saturday, or Sunday depending where you lived, a half-hour block of cartoons syndicated nationwide from 85 to 86, and featured the titular truck and its driver, Yank Justice, trying to stop an elderly corrupt billionaire from finding the fountain of youth. Holy crap. My guest for this short run is none other than Chris Green. Chris is a podcast enthusiast, the host of This Week Today and Armchair Radio, and obviously a glutton for punishment since he agreed to do another show with me after Pro Stars. Or maybe he just felt guilty for the last minute request to co-host on This Week Today lately. I don't know. Either way, I was happy to have him along for the ride. That was great, wasn't it? Season 1.5 is sponsored by Fish and Chips. More on that later in the episode. Uh, check the show notes for a link to today's episode so you can follow along at home. Uh, but uh, if there's nothing else more to discuss, let's get going. Thanks for the compliment, Keith, but uh, my art rival is actually... <laughs> it's on the lead. There's one Batman villain. I forget what... Well, I'm sure there's a couple, but there's like there's always a Batman villain that's like, what do you mean I'm not your number one arch nemesis? <laughs> right. What do you mean? Right. What do you mean it's that person, that other person? What? No. There, I, I swear, that, and it's not even Batman. I swear there's actually like, I think there was like a spoofy cartoon type thing like that was making fun of that. There was like, no, no, no. I'm your rival. What are you talking about? It's like, no, <laughs> right. not. It was that guy. Yeah. <clears throat> good times. Yeah. Real good times. Speaking of good times, Chris, welcome back. Uh, you're sticking with us for the long haul here. Um, that was no, great, yeah, wasn't I'm, it? I'm, 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 in it for, I'm in it until the end. I can't yeah, give well, up you, now. I'm, you I'm, gotta I'm, be. I'm you gotta yeah, be. I'm, I'm pot committed. I would hope so. I would hope so. The the excitement level has been kicking up 
uh, each and every episode so far as we are covering uh, this week. Uh, that was great. Not this week. Help that. Uh, that was great, wasn't it? Season 1.5 is segment four of Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. And uh, man, folks, it is getting bigger and bigger each and every episode uh, over the top. Last episode, we talked about the fact that, I mean, this thing really pulls in, you know, at least a good dozen or so uh, 80s action movies, kind of rolls them all up into one. You get, you know, the all-American man yank justice. You got a little mystery. There's a mysterious bad guy going on. His monster trucks, big action explosions, henchmen with spears and battle axes and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, people attacking people with uh, farming equipment. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a little deeper into that in, in a little bit. But, um, Chris, you... you Last episode, you seemed to take a bit of a turn uh, and coming around after saying you didn't like the the first two episodes very much. Well, I mean, sort of. I I was really hard on the show after the first episode, and and I would say that I was warming up to it during our discussion of the second episode because I I think after the second episode, I came into our discussion saying that this show was complete trash, and but then after mm-hmm. you started pointing out all the great lines. And some of the better talk, moments you can talk or munch knuckles, <laughs> right? So, so it, as a result of our discussion <clears throat> of of the set the second segment, I, I started warming up to it, and and then I would say after uh, definitely during the third episode, it, it it's hard not to love the show at least a little bit. So I, I would say I've I've probably come all the way around. Yeah, and look, uh, there's five segments. This is the fourth one. Uh, we both watched it, so I think we're we're both like, yeah, they're still doing their thing. Who knows? Maybe they can't land a plane in in segment five, and it'll just be absolute garbage. But man, there's no way, there's no way this thing doesn't go out with uh, with a bang uh, when we when we do the big wrap up next week. Um, but for right now, though, it's is segment four, uh, folks. We were gonna we did think about talking a little bit about super Sunday, super Saturday, um, the, the, the show where Bigfoot and the muscle machines originally, you know, was showing up in these smaller increments before it got made into a, uh, you know, hour long VHS movie back in 1985. And, uh, you know, I gotta say it is, I, I think we could probably get through, uh, just mentioning that gem in the holograms, robotics and the in humanoids, uh, we're part of that only gem and the inhumanoids went on to like do anything else. I think this was supposed to be maybe like a launching pad for uh, some cartoons that they wanted to roll out, but robotics and Bigfoot and the muscle machines only lasted uh, their small handful of, of episodes. So probably, uh, you know, stick around folks at some point robotics probably will be uh, on this feed at some point in time is, you know, we just look to watch a little bit more mid eighties ridiculousness. Um, so, you know, we don't have a lot to to go over uh, on the upfront this week. Uh, so we're going to be able to jump into a, a, a bit of a recap. And then we're going to break down episode four overall. But, um, Chris, you know what we got to do first, right? Of course. Yeah, we got to pay sponsor. some bills. I pay some bills. Uh, folks, previously on, that was great, wasn't it? Brought to you by Fish and Chips, the number one fish flavored snack food. Um, and it's not like. 
you know, snack food for fish. It's for, for humans. And again, I think there's probably some legalese about, I would say, fish-flavored snack food and not just potato chips, which is what they are. Uh, when I like to sit back and listen to these episodes of Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines that you and I are talking about, Chris, um, I, I really, I like to snack on a high-quality, highly unique uh, type of thing if I can get it because it perfectly mirrors the vibe of this 1985 miniseries itself. And that's why my go-to option is our sponsor, Fish and Chips. It's a fish-flavored potato chip brand. They're perfectly cooked kettle-style chips that crunch with every bite, uh, and then they spill a mouthful of fishy flavors all across my taste buds. They're delicious. <clears throat> um, it could be sardine or anchovy. They're not Chris's favorites. Uh, but, you know, they, they are there. Those are the original flavors. And all the summer they've been rolling out new, uh, brand-new seasonal limited edition things. Uh, such as like spawning salmon, which is pretty good. Uh, the fried catfish potato chip, uh, it's it takes a little bit to make. It could be a little messy. I had a, a grease fire uh, in my kitchen last week after trying to make some. But, man, they were delicious uh, At in the end, especially that the malt vinegar on there. Uh, but I also, you know, maybe I want to spice things up. And that is why I'm excited that Fish and Chips is rolling out another limited edition summer flavor. Kicking koi. Uh, <laughs> kicking, yeah. Kicking koi starts with uh, what you'd expect perfectly prepared, crunchy chips with a taste that makes you think you're eating a real fish. But kicking koi are oversized potato chips, they're ridged, kind of like ruffles. Uh, and they're representing, because they're kind of really, I think they're looking to represent that really normally oversized goldfish uh, that is the koi. They're also seasoned with a blend of dry algae to give them that. Uh, fresh fish tank or koi pond authenticity. And then they flavor the rest of it with a generous dab of wasabi, uh, plenty guaranteed to help clean out your sinuses. Uh, they even provide small packets of soy sauce to sprinkle over them for extra excitement. Um, so it's, it's uh, the, I'll be honest, when I'm, I'm trying to listen, maybe I'm, I'm eating a little bit while I edit. Uh, the, fried, the fried catfish, they were a little sloppy to try and eat while you're doing stuff on the computer. These ones much better, and uh, but yeah, they've got at least one or two chips in there that is a little bit more than a dab of wasabi on there, and whew, oh boy, man, that just that's just gonna help you uh, breathe a lot better in the long run. So enjoy summer the way it was meant to be, and that's with a bag of kicking koi fish and chips, uh, America's number one, or the world's probably number one brand of fish flavored snacks. AKA potato chips. All right. Uh, last episode, man. Uh, so a lot going on last episode. We had a lot of, uh, will they, won't they flirting going on between Yank and Jen. Uh, they, uh, you know, they almost get destroyed by, uh, some, some harvester combines, even though if you broke one, all of them broke, uh, they got arrested. Mm-hmm. They got arrested. They put in jail. Uh, we were introduced to uh, Chris's new favorite, Close McCall. Uh, he was on the scene, and he helps them escape from jail. They got a big run. They are heading towards the bridge because the jurisdiction ends there for these cops, uh, who are clearly based off of uh, the Smoking the Bandit guys. Um, but they're also on the take. They're corrupt, and they they get the the bridge to open up. Uh, ahead of time, hoping to cut them off. 
all of the uh, the, the cars and the, the trucks from Team Bigfoot make it across, except for the titular Bigfoot uh, itself. And that brings you right back up to where we're at. Hmm. By the way, they've been driving cross country from Oregon. Uh, they are now all the way in Louisiana. And uh, the, these people that keep trying to kill them are from a corrupt billionaire who uh, is trying to find the fountain of youth. That's kind of what the IMDb thing tells you is going on. So all that's going on. Um, I just kind of recapped on last week's episodes. Chris, we're right back where we left off. Post uh, jumping over the bridge attempt. Bigfoot resurfaces and he starts to try and drive on the water. Uh, paddle boat style. Which, yeah, coincidentally. We, we, we learn at the beginning of this episode, well, I guess at the end of last episode, that uh, Bigfoot <clears throat> is also an amphibious vehicle. You know, a paddle boat <clears throat> basically appears out of nowhere as well. <laughs> right. Which, which seems to happen pretty consistently in this show. Things appearing out of nowhere. Yeah. Especially when it seems like it obviously was close enough that they should have already been opening the bridge and didn't need the corrupt sheriff to like be demanding it. Correct. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Like it should have been open that much in order for that paddle boat to pass through anyway. Um, the sheriff and his men, they run up to the edge of the bridge. They jump off onto the deck of that passing paddle boat. Uh, and one of the deputies quickly commandeers it from the captain. And when the captain of the ship complains that they, they can't pilot the ship, the response that he gets is great. Just a childish response. Yeah. Back in the water, Bigfoot is paddling its way on the river as well. And this, I, no, I don't know. And I, man, I really, I did not get enough time to do maybe a little bit more of a deep dive to see if these two things were connected. But this is, um, it's a call out to an actual event that happened in May of 1985. Uh, so this, I, I think this comes out in the fall. I don't know. I think usually it takes a little bit longer turnaround animation than just a couple months, but, but who knows? But in uh, May of 1985, Bigfoot two actually raced a paddle boat on the Chattahoochee river uh, outside it. of Columbus, Georgia, Georgia. Seriously. Yep. Incredible. Yeah. That's a, that's an actual thing. Uh, the 66 uh, inch tires, apparently, um, make it very similar to like a, a paddle boat. And so he's, he's able to drive in the water. I don't know. I kind of feel maybe, maybe I don't understand or I'm underestimating the speed of, of a steam or a paddle boat. Cause I would think that any, any vehicle on land would be much, much faster. You would think so, but not if it's this paddle boat, man, it's not. Uh, yeah. So Jen tosses a fish out the window. Cause obviously one, they landed in the water and came up at least one fish got in there. Of course. Uh, she tosses out the window. Yank says, man, it's cheaper than a car wash. But then he checks his rearview mirror and yells out, we got tailgaters. <laughs> and we see this paddle boat in hot pursuit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, comes up really fast. The paddle boat, it, it pulls up right behind Bigfoot, rams it uh, in the back bumper. And, and in process, it starts to kind of pull Bigfoot under. And Jen's worried about it, But Yank, he's like, you know what? There's a river bottom around here somewhere and just goes with it. And I'm like, what the, what the hell is right. going? This, this makes absolutely no sense. So, <laughs> yes, folks, there's a lot of big action over these these episodes. 
Um, mo- sometimes they don't make sense, but like this, this logic makes no sense at all. Uh, so uh, Bigfoot kind of gets pulled under by the paddle boat, sinks right to the bottom of the river, and when he does, uh, when he hits solid ground, Yank guns it. They <laughs> pop back to the surface. They're very close to shore, which they then can quickly drive on to get to. That's correct. I, I'm look. I have a lot of Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars here. I have a lot of Lego cars here, but I'm not like a car guy who fully understands. But I'm pretty sure if you get submerged all the way to the bottom of the river, your engine's not going to just work the way it is. Yeah, I think um, I think you you really have to sus- suspend your disbelief to watch this show. I think that, I think well, that was proven right from the beginning. But I'm suspending my disbelief on the fact that that car really doesn't seem to have filled up with too much water. <laughs> well, I mean, enough to have a fish in it, but then in the next yeah. scene, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're. There's you know, only I mean, so much disbelief I can actually, I can actually, you know, put on pause. Well, you know, listen, <clears throat> for it to be a monster truck, that's special enough, but that's not enough because it's also amphibious. It can also be, you know, uh, almost what seemingly should have been completely destroyed by a bunch of spikes. Uh, it can it can basically be pulled almost into acid and drive out of that, mm-hmm. and if that's not enough, it can also drive on the bottom of of a river. Yeah, I mean, I think they really missed a, a, a major mark by not making this kind of like a, a sentient vehicle as well that could talk back. I, to I do too. You, you mentioned that maybe in the first episode. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it, it seems like he needs some like because then you'd get like you know uh, Bigfoot getting like a little you know a little bit jealous of yank and jen maybe he's a little sassy about it and yes you know argue maybe a little argumentative but But there's there's two potential obstacles there one is that too much of a direct ripoff of knight rider which would have been on at the same time and then two if you make bigfoot sentient do you have to make all the other monster trucks in the show no really hmm I, I think that would have been. I, 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 well, you got Dilly, who's obviously you know very smart armadillo, so that counts there. Uh, I don't think Red and Redder could handle a sentient vehicle. <laughs> well, maybe McCall they need a sentient vehicle. Close, Close McCall def- definitely can't. He'd be yeah. he'd he'd fall apart way too quickly. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of things that fall apart, uh, the boat that uh, you know Bigfoot gets up on shore, the boat does not stop they crash into the shore all the deputies are jostled from the main deck into the water and mud below and the captain gives them a quick i told you so i think he has every right to he said look you guys don't know what you're doing and and he was right <laughs> i agree yeah uh back on the other side sly calls the mystery boss the girl translated the map i'll take you to the secret location like why didn't he just go do that why is he still sitting around for this whole boat cop chase like he's got what he needed go that's an excellent point that i didn't think of is yeah why why is he still pursuing him why didn't he just go yeah they got what they need they can let the rest of them go (laughs) uh but maybe he didn't get what he needed because we cut to a street somewhere they're standing next to just a random fountain the limo driver of the mystery man uh is he's just a real giant of a man big dude uh he is holding sly up by the neck and sly says this is where she told him how was he to know she was lying? Really? Like <laughs> you had her and everyone locked up in in prison in jail, claiming they're going to be there for fifty years. You don't think she might have lied to get out? 
Well, as much criticism on, as we've given Professor D, uh, you know, Sly is not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer either. No, no, he is not. Um, the chauffeur then wants to know if they should just kill him now. But the man in the limo says no. He then tells Sly his services are no longer needed. He never wants to see him again. Uh, which I think is probably going to come back to, to bite that guy in the butt at, at some point in time. That's just going to be my guess. That seems like a setup right there. <laughs> Your services are no longer needed. And, and then Sly is going to come through and help out Bigfoot at the end or something. Oh, interesting. Just going to be my guess. That. Yeah. Uh, the chauffeur then looks at him and says, you look dirty, Ernie. You need a bath. And he just tosses him into the fountain, which he quickly <laughs> hops up and he runs off. Cut the inside the limo. The chauffeur asks why he can't just unleash the killer truck. And our mystery Raven uh, Kane ringed man, who we now he calls Mr. Big. Uh, first time this guy gets a name. Uh, he says, I have always believed in the supremacy of grace over power, but I fear that we must now exercise brute force. Deploy the barbarian. Yes, I got very excited when he said that. Yeah, that's a that's such a I mean, I got I got goosebumps with that one. I was like, I can't wait. I don't know what he's referring to, but I cannot wait to find out what the barbarian is. Yeah, but I've always believed in the, in the supremacy of grace over power. Well, which which is I, that, that well, that is a great line. However, not very believable because if you think of all the ways that they've tried to catch up with the gang. <laughs> yes, there's yeah. no grace. It's no great. Yeah, power. it's very not graceful at all. No, all power, no grace. We've seen no mm-hmm. grace from him. It's basically, he goes, but I fear we must now use brute force. You were blowing up a forest and trying to kill them with farm equipment. Like, what else is going on here that doesn't really count to you as brute force? I don't know. Uh, Keith, don't, don't forget about the wrecking ball. Oh, God, I forgot all about the wrecking ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was more Sly's call than, than anything. Uh, I don't think so. It it had, it had the raven the raven symbol on the side. Yeah, but it but it blew up a... But it blew up a um, a building that said uh, Ravens Ravens Claw or Ravenscroft right on it. Um, so I don't think I don't think Mr. Big would like his own building to get uh, smashed. Yeah, no, up. I I think yeah. I think he he doesn't care mm. because that's that's why his statement is exactly the opposite. Is he's no grace, all brute force. Yeah, even to he the point where he, has he just hasn't it. realized it. I guess <laughs> he just even to the point where he uses his own wrecking ball to destroy his own building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Also, uh, he used a grave roller to try and stop Bigfoot. I think that was pretty brute force as well. There. Yes, it was. Yeah. So, so maybe not so much, sir. No. But the line was fun to hear. No, mm. great, great line, just not at all true. Yeah. Uh, so we cut the team Bigfoot. They're all huddled up around the campfire. Jen and Yank are. They're still drying off, and Jen finally starts to break down some details. Man following them, Mr. Big with the Raven cane and ring is none other than Adrian Ravensclaw, the billionaire uh, who seems to be to own a bit of everything in the show, as we were just mentioning. Everyone is in shock. Yank thought he was dead. Nope. Turns out he was a recluse for the last 20 years, working in the shadows to run his company uh, from various spots all over the world. Now, what would make a guy like that suddenly reemerge, you ask? Jen kind of then goes back into mystery mode, and she says it's better if you don't know. Close from call, uh, he agrees. He goes, yep, still using full name, by the way, through all this, because Close from call is just the dumbest name. Uh, <laughs> but he says, yep, 
uh, and he wonders what a billionaire can't buy. Uh, when Jen says he wouldn't take it if it were given to them, he has classic close from call response. There's only one thing I want, and that's red. He reaches out <laughs> to pull her closer to him, and she gets pissed. She's redder, is what she yells at him. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> oh, boy, this is where I, this is where I actually kind of get annoyed with the show. Keep in mind, in all the previous segments, if you guys are watching along at home, red is always in yellow. Yes. Redder is always in white. I was wondering if you're going to point that out. And suddenly, uh, when she when this person yells and says she's redder, it's the one wearing yellow. Mm-hmm. Somewhere they have changed clothes, I guess, along the way. I mean, they're twins. And the way that they haven't told the part is one's wearing the white jumpsuit, one's wearing the yellow jumpsuit. Uh, so when did they change clothes when everyone got wet i guess i don't know they (laughs) they they cleared the jump they should have had no problem right right yeah uh suddenly professor d tells everyone to be quiet uh he's like anybody hear anything and i mean it sounds kind of like you hear like maybe like a, a helicopter or something or you know some sort of noise in the background uh but while everyone is quietly listening flaming arrows land in the middle of the campsite right you can't, you can't, I can't make this stuff up. <clears throat> We're under attack, yells Yank, and he hightails, and, and everyone kind of hightails it to the trucks. As they drive off, we see a few fan boats come up along the river, and they're being piloted by, is that ninjas, it looks like this time? I know. Addressed, it, I guess. That's the word I was using to myself, but then not, they don't exactly look like ninjas, but sort of they have the ninja headgear. It was yeah. All very- I don't know. They're in stealth mode, I guess. I don't know. Uh, But they're shooting flaming arrows, and they're aiming for the gas tanks. And (laughs) one hits War Machine right away. Now, I didn't notice before. Is War Machine a British uh, vehicle? Because Close McCall is obviously in the passenger side. (laughs) There's no (laughs) steering wheel or anything. He's completely leaning out the window. Like, what the heck is going on here? And he reaches back to get the, the arrow out before it can you know, blow up the car by hitting the gas tank. But like, he's not in the driver's seat anymore at this point. Uh, which seems to be a thing that happens every now and then. Like when Yank went out and was wrestling on the, the hood of Bigfoot, it didn't slow down. It kept rolling along perfectly fine. Like it still had somebody driving it, but I don't know. They, they continue to keep driving on. And that's when an arrow crashes through Bigfoot's window, hits the seat between Yank and Jen, starts it on fire. She quickly covers it with a blanket and puts it out, and Yank is clearly uh, impressed, maybe even turned on a little bit. And uh, he said, uh, where'd you learn to do that? Jen responds back with, I'm a quick study. And she Okay, so she put out a fire, but nobody's done that this entire time here. Uh, I, I don't know, were they setting fires the whole way between Oklahoma and uh, Nevada and Oklahoma and then Oklahoma and Louisiana to where, like, he was teaching her how to put fires out. I don't know. It's a backstory that doesn't exist. Right. Well, that that's true. But then also, all she did was, I don't know, grab a rag or a t-shirt yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And just but he, he's very impressed. Out the arrow that was also, by right the way, a quick uh, mention. I think I referred to uh, Close McCall's vehicle as War Machine. It's actually a Warlord. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of forgot that. I think I, I wrote War Machine quite a few that's times right, Warlord. in my notes uh, for this episode. But <clears throat> anyway, uh, but she's a quick study. Who knows? 
Uh, as they all are pulling away, the pathway they are on is is very foggy. Sure. Close McCall thinks he sees a building head, only that ain't no building, but rather one behemoth of a truck, a.k.a. the Barbarian. It looks like an oversized dump truck. It's got yes. spikes uh, like on the, the hubcap part of the wheels, etc. It's got spikes up front. It's it's genuinely terrifying uh, for a monster truck. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're doing it justice because this thing was absolutely humongous, and I would agree, terrifying. Well, yeah, it's right here. So Yank tells everyone to turn back, and at the angle that we get here, Bigfoot looks like a, like a Hot Wheels or Matchbox car compared to the Barbarian. Like super, super small. It's it's, uh, yeah. This is an insanely right. gigantic uh, car, <clears throat> uh, just built basically just to destroy Bigfoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they circle back, uh, <laughs> right. so Again, do the fan force. boats ready with more arrows. This time, some of them with dynamite attached to them. Uh, one hits right in front of Professor D, but he makes the Orange Blossom special hop over it. Uh, however, the fire uh, from the arrows starts to spread around. And Yank now everyone orders everyone to uh, just try and quickly drive past the big truck. There's room, so just try try to get back. Let's everyone else go through. They all get there perfectly fine. Bigfoot does not uh, because the spikes on the like hubcap part of the wheels suddenly extend out, cutting off the path. Uh, and in fact, then like the the spikes on the front of the thing kind of like extend out as well. And we hear uh, the driver, which is the uh, the chauffeur for Mister uh, Ravenscroft, yells out, "Taste the wrath of barbarian Bigfoot." <laughs> Taste the wrath. Not a fish and chips um, uh, tagline. But taste no, the wrath. That was that was like the 1980s version of Kitty Sw- Smell What the Rock is Cooking. Exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Taste the Wrath of the Barbarian is is the predecessor to that. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Clearly. Like I said, the front spikes extend out some more. And as Bigfoot starts to back up, a, uh, a trap door suddenly opens that wasn't there before. But it, but it's it's not like it's not like they just dug a hole in the forest and put some you know tree branches over it because it, it it opens up like a big mechanical door and then it's got a bunch of spikes in the bottom of it. Yeah, like this is very pre-planned that they're going to be coming <laughs> right? through this area. Right. But who knew? Who knew they would? I don't know. Uh, but as you mentioned, there are spikes inside, um, kind of like a tiger trap type thing. I think is what it's supposed to be like. Uh, something where like you would get animals to run over a thing and they would slip and fall into it or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is not for uh, that. This is for catching monster trucks. That's right. Um, Yank stops just before driving in, and and he yells out, "Let the woman go! This is between us." Uh, is it really? I mean, she swiped the map. I feel like right. she has something to do with it, and should be somewhat responsible. If, if anything, it's just between him and the woman. It has nothing to do with Yank. Yeah, yeah. Well, except that Yank feels it's half his. The map is half his because they've been sure. risking life and limb. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, hey, this is between you, me, and the woman. You know, and sure. say, you know, don't take it all on on, on you, Yank. Uh, Barbarian says, "I grant no mercy," and then Jen says, "At least he isn't a chauvinist." But then again, I wish he was. <laughs> Which I, I enjoy that line. That's a good one. <clears throat> yeah. Bigfoot and Barbarian drive right at each other, ramming head on. Um, those spikes that were up front don't really seem to do anything. Well, and, and, and to, to be fair, uh, to based be fair. on your comparison of the sizes a couple minutes ago, really the barbarian should have just crushed Bigfoot like a fly. 
Yeah, and then they're a little more equal size suddenly at this point. Right, all of a sudden Bigfoot's bigger. Starts out as a stalemate, but then Barbarian really kind of starts to drive it home, and Yank uh, and Jen, they are backed into the pit of spikes. And Yank yells out, Hope you've got your health insurance paid up, because you're going to need it. And I didn't know (laughs) if he was yelling at Barbarian or if he was just yelling this to Jen. Seemed like to Jen. Yeah. Uh, Bigfoot gets pushed into the spikes. Yes. Now, inside the Barbarian, we see the limo driver uh, from Mr. Ravenscroft, and he's reporting on the win. Uh, Mr. Ravenscroft Wait. asks about the map. And they're like, oh, yeah, duh, let me go find it. Uh, so the chauffeur, the, the chauffeur, the chauffeur walks over to the hole. Bigfoot is basically made in the Swiss cheese. Spikes through all of it. Why it hasn't exploded at this point, I don't know. He leans over to take a, be- a better look and whap. Yank's big fist comes punching up right to the chin and sends him flying backwards. Yank climbs out of the pit. He squares up with the towering chauffeur, um, declares this ought to cut you down to size and punches him right in the gut. And it does nothing except maybe to break Yank's hand, possibly. Which we've seen this before, have we not? He punched a helmet before and then shook his hand off. But this right. really like he punched him right in the right in the stomach and uh, it did nothing. But but also Yank, although not a small fella, compared to the chauffeur, quite small. Yeah, oh god, yeah. The chauffeur is like Andre the Giant. Right. Like it look it makes him look like he's mm, I don't know, like two or three feet taller and probably has him by 150 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh the equivalent of probably barbarian versus Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know. Uh and that's why the chauffeur is able to just grab Yank very easily. Picks him up over his head. I thought maybe he was going to throw him in on the spikes, but he just starts carrying him around everywhere. Right. Uh, Jen gets out of the pit uh, with the the map. Yank looks over Caesar and he yells for her to do something. What the hell is she going to do? Oh, she eyes up Barbarian. Well, she's, she's still Bigfoot trucks before, already. So this, this is an old move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she runs over. She hops inside. The chauffeur drops Yank and then runs towards the truck because he's like, what the hell are you doing, lady? Kind of same way that Yank did just the previous episode. Jen inside turns it on, puts a metal pole down to keep the gas pedal pressed on all the way. Yeah, uh, wait, and then wait, she and jumps where, out. Where where did where did the metal pole come from? In in someplace inside the truck, right? Or did she yeah, break she it said, off the truck? I don't know. It just there's just a random I mean, thank goodness there was a perfectly <laughs> the perfect length metal pole or pipe or something yeah. inside. I, I think she grabbed it off of like the side of the truck or something. If I remember, how right. would she have done that? I don't know. She's strong. I don't know. She is strong, not. independent woman. <laughs> I just, I'm just questioning where that implement came from. I, uh, <laughs> the imagination <laughs> of the writers. Um, she jumps out as the truck speeds ahead. The chauffeur ducks, uh, not out of the way, but under it. It goes uh-huh. right over him. Yep. Uh, it's so big that it drives over the, the hole uh, where Bigfoot and the Spikes are at. It drives over that hole very easily. Um, no problems. And uh, the chauffeur then starts chasing the runaway truck uh, as they go. Uh, we cut to the uh, back to the road. The team is all back on track. Black Gold is actually pulling a very battered up Bigfoot behind. While Orange Blossom Special and uh, Warlord follow behind <clears throat> now close mccall he calls over to black gold and tells red she should come ride with him uh she kind of seems into it now which is the opposite of the night before 
also red is now back in the yellow jumpsuit i guess and 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 she pulls over uh she has redder pulls over and she jumps out of the truck and heads uh runs right over to war uh to to warlord again very weird that they keep changing these two back and forth it seems very obvious which one is which. You could just stick with it the whole time. Nobody changes their clothes during this entire show. That's right. Yank's been wearing the same red shirt and khaki pants the whole time. The professor has been wearing that suit and tie the whole time. Like, you could easily figure out which twin is which. Mm-hmm. It'd be no problem. Now, uh, while this is going on, unnoticed, two very large cement trucks uh, that were driving ahead of them start to pour out everything uh, right onto the road. And the team, and, and soon the trucks are, are stuck in uh, what seems to be quick dry cement. Uh, Red was already out of the truck and got on her feet, so she's stuck there. Close McCall jumps out. He goes to save her, and he himself also gets stuck. Uh, Professor D, he's got Yank and Jen in his cab, and uh, he's Mr. Obvious again. He thinks it must be quick dry cement. They then notice paver vehicles. Uh, I think that's what that is, right? Yeah, um, like big steamrollers, but 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 again, oh, steamrollers. You know what? I could not think of that word earlier uh, as I was putting down my notes. So two giant steamrollers are rolling right at them. But again, uh, gigantic, again, gigantic. Yeah, everything also has Ravencroft symbol on the side, and mm-hmm. everything is oversized. That's right. Mm-hmm. Close McCall, who said before that um, they got almost turned into a, a steel spaghetti. This time, he's like. <laughs> so Street i mean he, he continues to bring on the great lines here mm-hmm. uh professor d gets orange blossom special to you know really kind of get moving around and finally breaks free close to mccall who it seems the pavers just stop for i mean they get very very close and then just they don't roll over him it just kind of stops yeah i don't understand uh, that at all yeah. It, it, well, and, and well, first, I, I was a little incredulous that Orange Blossom was even able to break free. But then how are the human when they did the close up on on Red's legs? I thought she was going to step out of her boots. That, yeah, that been, she does a little foot flexing and boom, it breaks loose. It's right. I, I just thought she, I thought it would have would have made way more sense for her just to step out of her boots. And, and then and then for sure, there's no reason why uh, close McCall uh should have gotten away with a close call he should have gotten completely flattened because it was right on top of him and yeah. for, for somehow he breaks out of it and jumps out of the way i mean he wasn't a part of the original troop they could have easily killed him off right right do that he, sh- he should have been street pizza yeah he easily should have been street pizza but yeah she also just kind of flexes her feet a little bit and gets loose which hey this stuff uh not only dried like within like seconds Mm-hmm. Then also starts to break up like after 30 seconds or so. So it wasn't all That's the right. best. Wasn't the best uh, cement to use overall. Close McCall runs over. He swoops up red or actually redder uh, at this point. Cause even though she's wearing the yellow jumpsuit now uh, and she had just run over to him being red. I mean, what the hell people like they, <laughs> they are twins. They wear different outfits. You could still get them right. Even one scene removed. Like you, you fuck it up again. <laughs> like I, I don't i don't get this uh, close mccall says it warms his heart uh that he delivers her from a certain doom but i i don't even know if he knows which of these chicks he's getting together with now is it red is it red or i don't know it um, i found i i'll be honest i've enjoyed this entire thing we've been watching so far 
the fact that this is like the third time this episode that they have bounced back and forth, it's mind-blowingly baffling to me and it's got me very upset that they could not keep these two straight. <laughs> well, and judging from from what little we know about Close McCall, I don't think he cares which twin, quite honestly. No, he's probably open for both of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like I said, though, Close McCall says... Uh, she slams on the gas and and they're able to break free as well. Uh, in fact, it, you know they're still dragging Bigfoot behind them, and they get out of the way just before uh, two steamrollers, like narrowly miss, like and basically crash together because they were right. that close to, to hitting them. And then Red says, "Lots of laughs," <laughs> like just randomly out of the blue, lots of laughs. Mm-hmm. Like what? Lots of laughs. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, they had to uh, they had to fill that silence for the, with a quick line. Yeah. Uh, so we cut the yank working on fixing Bigfoot. Seems like it'll be new and improved and and probably even bigger. I guess. Uh, Red comments that with Bigfoot being even bigger, no way Barbarian stands a chance. Mm-mm. Nope. Yep. Uh, yank tells her, "Don't try to butter me up. As soon as I'm done." I'm gone. And then Jen begs him not to go, but Yank and Red both agree that she's to tell them what this map is leading to or they're heading out. Jen then reveals that it's for the Fountain of Youth. Red, clearly in disbelief, also jokes wondering if she has a map that Captain Kidd's treasures as well. Uh, I don't know much about Captain Kidd, but you can check out a vast with Paul Chomo if you want to know more about that. He might, Maybe he'll talk about that guy there, if, if that's even a real, uh, a real pirate guy. Jen brings out the map. She explains it recounts Ponce de Leon's last expedition, and suddenly we get a flashback. In the month of Julius, in the year of our Lord, 1521, we came across a magnificent fountain, knowing that this was the end of our quest. The men drank from it. The old were made young, and the weak were made strong. Month of Augustus, we have been ambushed. Ponce de Leon, explorer and servant to King Ferdinand, is dead, along with all his troops. Only I survive, and I fear that will not be for long. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. Also, Chris, I don't know if you got, there's like a really weird gasp of some sort at the end. I miss that. It's it's at the very end of the episode. Hmm. And it could be that guy, like, did he get killed while writing this? I don't know. Or <laughs> is it or is it close McCall uh having something happen to him that I don't know. I'm not gonna go into. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, oh it's very I, it's it, it's it's very ridiculous. I don't like what you're implying. Uh that the guy died while while writing the, the stuff oh, on the map. Yeah, I I hope it doesn't be that horrible of a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not yeah. what I meant. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to then. Hmm. I don't know. But it takes place in Florida, so who knows what could be happening there. That's a good point. Yeah. Listen to the latest. Uh, that was great. Or, I mean, uh, the last, latest. Uh, not latest. It's been a few of them. But uh, there's a Paul Chomo this week, today episode that references what could possibly be happening at that point in time. That's right. That's correct. 
Mm-hmm. Chris, uh, so for me, action, action wise, I think maybe it, it dips down a little bit from the last episode. Uh, but there's still crazy stuff going on from a, a, a race against a paddle boat. Um, more very overly large size machinery trying to crush people. Um, the cement thing's kind of silly. And then also Barbarian gets introduced and we get to, we find out more about this uh, billionaire guy and everything. Um, so I, I don't think this episode was great as good as the third one, but still pretty, pretty solid. Oh no, I think it delivers. Yeah. Start to finish. Plus, plus you get, uh, you get the background, you get a cutaway. <clears throat> Um, yeah, to ancient you get, times. You get a random, uh, you get a random thing going on there. Yeah, so no, I I, I think it more than delivered. I kind of like I, I like that they did like a flashback type thing. And even that flashback ends on ends the cliffhanger. They don't even go back to the team at that point. Like what? No, no. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> also, uh, and I mean, I I tried looking up online, did a little bit of cursory research for this. Um, it, it seems like most people think. Ponce de Leon found if he did find the fountain of youth he found it shortly after he found Florida so like probably before 1521 I did no research on Ponce de Leon just a quick double check to find out how accurate they were with their dates <laughs> seriously yeah yeah I did and, and and pretty much everything you go there like the legend says you know that he found Florida in 1514 and then Oh, interesting. Uh, and then found the Fountain of Youth shortly after that. Um, so I, I, pretty sure it's probably like within like a closer time period, but maybe fifteen twenty one at that point was shortly after that. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, gosh, that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, five hundred years ago. So yeah, seven years is a short amount of time. Not then. You die very easily over seven years. Yeah, oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Like that could be a quarter mm. of your life. Yeah, unless you find the fountain of youth. That's true. Uh, Chris, what kind of a uh, overall rating are you going to give this one? You know, another strong episode. Um, you know, I, I I gave the last one nine. I I think I agree with you. It was good, not quite as good as three. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I think my rating here is um, eight out of ten barbarians. Eight out of ten barbarians. Okay. Write that down there. Barbarians. Uh, I am going to give this episode uh, uh, seven out of ten red redder errors. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and, and and sticking with which one is which. I mean, I look. This well, you're really presented. hung up on that, aren't you? It's annoying. Like it, there's not that many characters to keep track of during this. No, uh, not. during this thing, and you know, I guess you know it's not very long when you roll up into the like the full movie form, but when they did the segments in in a show over like a, a you know several weeks, you know it, like I don't know, maybe then it, it doesn't come across as like maybe people and kids didn't remember from week to week. I guess, but as, as we're watching these in like a, you know, a relatively tight timeline, uh, it, it sticks out and, and they did it in like one episode and then the next episode they did it twice, like within two minutes. <laughs> it's like, what the, come on, like, 
you have them dressed a certain way the whole time so you can tell them apart. How can you not continue to do that? No, I'm with you. So, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. So uh red redder uh flip flop I mean errors. quite honestly, I'm surprised you gave this episode that high of a rating given those mistakes. Yeah, well it brought it down a little bit from the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we throw this into the genuine real electro algorithmic total numerical efficiency sorting system, aka the greatness meter, and we get nine point one three nine. Oh wow. Huh. I would have thought that's. I would have thought that is what the last one got. I agree. Uh, not this, but still, uh, strong, strong episode. Uh, make for strong series overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest. I agree. Um, now uh, the last two episodes we have had the same uh, episode MVP. Um, who do you got going on in this one? You know, I got to be honest with you. I really struggled in identifying an MVP. Uh, yeah, there's so- no standouts this time. Right, right. So I, I, I was going to ask if maybe you'd be willing to go first. Oh, hmm. Um, boy, oh boy. <sighs> I mean, do you, do you want my controversial uh, answer? Yeah, let's let's hear that. My, my controversial answer is that there's not one. Oh, I don't think there is an MVP. Because, because be one. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, you want my answer? That's my answer because. You know, I I think the person who is at the center of the action, you know, in the previous episode, I thought uh, close McCall was an easy an easy choice. Uh, at the center of the action, this episode is clearly Yank, but he has more problems than successes. So I I, I just couldn't pick him. Mm-hmm. So I I I'm gonna my official answer is that there's not one for this episode. Boy oh boy. Uh, all right. Well, I'll give you that. I'm going to go with uh. I'm actually going to go with Jen. Hmm. Um, I briefly considered her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she finally breaks down. She gives them some information about uh, who's been chasing them, about what the map is all about. She's a quick learner uh, and could put out fires when, when they happen inside the car. Um, she's obviously warming up to yank. And, uh, you know, she does another big thing where like she manages to, you know, make Barbarian a, a runaway truck oh, good uh, and really kind of save Yank at that point in time. That's a great case. Yeah. And, and I was, I also, so I did consider her briefly. I also considered the Barbarian. Uh, you know what? I would have, except that in the end, I mean, they're able to like get it to just end up being the thing that saves them overall as well. That's right. Uh, and it yeah. gets away. Right, so each each person that I gave consideration to, but I, I I think I agree with you. Jen's probably the best choice, but I'm going to stick with my answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. There's not enough dilly for it to be dilly. I wanted it to be dilly. I, I look for it to be dilly in every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So now for the first time since uh, the the very first episode, we've got you saying there isn't an MVP at all. That's uh, right. And I'm going with Jen. Hmm. All right, it's gonna make. And, and by the way, I'll tease, stuff I'll tease ahead. Week. I'll tease ahead because our conclusions next next episode, right? Yes, it is. I I'm gonna tease ahead, and I'm gonna tell you that I think I already know who my my series MVP is, and I don't think that you would guess. Hmm. I don't think you would purpose. correctly guess. I I bet you, I bet you I could give you a dozen guesses. You would not guess who I'm gonna choose for the series MVP, but I, I about midway through our conversation, 
I decided who it was, and I, so I, I'm just gonna. I, I, unless unless my decision, my, unless my opinion has changed by this for the next episode, which I have not watched yet, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the series MVP. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm I have not watched the next one yet either. Uh, we're gonna we'll get to that uh, and and talk about it all by next week. And yes, Chris has already alluded to. We will give a final series rating to Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. We'll still have an episode MVP for that episode, but we'll also then reveal uh, who we think the series MVP is uh, mm-hmm. as well for that. Um, but uh, that's that's next week, uh, so we'll get back around to that. Um, Chris, this week today, uh, Armchair Radio, where can people find those things? Yes, thank you for that. I think the best place to find uh, both of those shows is on our network page, which is podfixnetwork.com. You'll see a, a link for both armchair radio and for this week today. And then if you click on this week today, you'll see links to our other projects. Uh, but also you can find us on socials and uh, really anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right. Excellent. Um, folks, you can check out uh, those shows. I'm sure by now I've probably been on this week today again, by then who knows <laughs> More uh, than maybe twice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on there. I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, so you, you can check me out there. Also, you can check out uh, another one of my shows, the pop-up film cast. Uh, we're probably just coming up to the end of our, of our summer tour, uh, you know, and, uh, but you can go listen to that. And also all the back episodes, we got over 200 episodes to check out there. Also, uh, my co-host on that show, Derek and I, along with our friend, Terry, we have another podcast we're doing, man, way too many podcasts called The Munster Hunters, uh, where we're breaking down uh, every episode of The Munsters in very deep, detailed fashion. Um, so go ahead and check us out over there. Uh, the episodes are more fun than actually watching a Munsters episode. I'm just going to say that. Um, so you can do all that. Also, if you need to recap, go back, listen to these episodes again by next week. So you are all set and ready to go. For the final conclusion, conclusive ending to Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines, we're going to do that next week. Um, but until then, uh, on behalf of Chris and Fish and Chips, that was great, wasn't it? Yes, it was. How great was that? Folks, thanks for joining us today on That Was Great, Wasn't It? Continue to listen all month long as we finish up a five-part series of Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. Special thanks to Chris Green of This Week Today and Armchair Radio for coming back on and being our exclusive guest all month long. I can't believe he fell for this one again after I made him watch Pro Stars. Do me a favor, uh, find Chris's shows, uh, subscribe, listen, rate, and review them. Uh, Special thanks uh, for being part of this entire thing. While you're there, if you get a chance, also please rate and review. That was great, wasn't it? Or the pop-up film cast, my other show. Or the Monster Hunters, third show that I am part of. I'd much appreciate all along the line. Also check out the Podfix Network. Toast shows and mine are a part of that network. And there is more great stuff there. Go to www.podfixnetwork.com or follow us on Twitter at Podfix. Or uh, check us out on Facebook in the Podfix Nation. Special thanks to Fish and Chips for being our exclusive sponsor for the summer run. 
Please remember there's a link to the entire uh, five-part series in the show notes. So you can follow along. Uh, you can watch ahead if you want, uh, however you want to do it. But come back for our next episode as we break down uh, yet another segment of Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. Until then, uh, thank you for listening.